Developing this morning, China pulling the broadcast of the Boston Celtics season opening game after Senator Ennis Cantor criticized Beijing for its treatment of Tibet and called President Xi a dictator. Oh, look at him sleeping. He's like a little angel that killed 50 million people. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. The system is broken. The glass ceiling is still in place and there are significant failings in the power structures within our institutions. We are here because it's unfathomable that we are still having to fight this same stale, tired fight. China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike. Ricky, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Ni hao. <laughs> he's starting big oh yeah well that is a good intro to our first topic we, we've look now you know i i i think we we need to have a regular feature uh about uh the chinese communist party now mm-hmm. i've come up with a name i think it could we can get some user feedback you know i'm not like married to it so we can change it but i think it should be you down with ccp Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if you know that Naughty by Nature song, but it goes a little something like, you know, if we, if we were to use it uh, for the segment, it would be, you down with CCP, yeah, you know me, you down with CCP, yeah, you know, like that, you know, so <laughs> that's how it would go. So you down with CCP, I am down with CCP, and today that's our first topic. Uh, and later on, we'll be discussing some uh, um, spiciness in Parliament House, uh, which we'll get to after the news. So, t- Ricky, t- t- talk to me. What what are, what are those rascals at the CCP been up to? Well, they seem to be uh, in cahoots with Disney. So recently, Disney's streaming channel, Disney Plus, has launched in Hong Kong. Um, so Disney Plus includes the entire catalogue of The Simpsons. And uh, there seems to be a little controversy, however, around episode 12 of season 16. Uh, so in this particular episode, The Simpsons travelled to China to help Marge's sister Selma adopt a Chinese baby. And uh, during their visit in China, they visit the mummified body of Mao Zedong, uh, whom Homer likens to a little angel who killed 50 million people. They also pass through Tiananmen Square, where a sign can be seen stating, on this site in 1989, nothing happened. Uh, And there's also a strong reference in there to Tank Man as well. Um, So this is all controversial stuff in China and cannot be spoken of. Uh, China banned all foreign cartoons in 2006, but uh, in 2014, The Simpsons were allowed back. Uh, excluding episode 12, of course, on Chinese TV. So um, Disney Plus is really playing China's game of censoring regime critical content by keeping this uh, allegedly scandalous episode away from the eyes and ears of Hong Kongers. And what's curious is Disney's removal of this episode, it appears to be voluntary. So it's not something the CCP ordered them to do or you know, gave them some sort of ultimatum. It's like they got in early and went, you know, they're not going to like it, so let's just take it down. Nothing to see here. So they just decided, I guess the big wigs up at the top decided just to memory hole this cultural artifact. It's all just so that the people of Hong Kong are not going to see something that mocks their oppressors in Beijing. But the irony, though, it's almost too much because Disney has done what the episode did so well with their sign, with their sign on this site in 1989, nothing happened. When Hong Kongers view, uh, when Hong Kong 
viewers jump from episode 11 to 13, they're essentially being told on this cultural platform in 2005, nothing happened. So it, it does get better because in 2020, Disney released a, a very saccharine BLM support video. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this video. I did send oh, it to you. Said, I, I watched this and I remember it. It's a real bummer. It's like, or, or just really saccharine, as you say. And it's like uh, uh, a range of, 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 you know, like black people, young and whatever, uh, just sort of staring at the camera, looking sad, fade in, fade out over some very serious music. Yeah, yeah. And then there's text that comes up and the text is listening, learning, healing. We stand for humanity. We stand for solidarity. We stand for justice, speaking up because black lives matter. It's already so out of context. Like, like you know, I don't know if you, you know, unless you're a lifer, that whole 2020 uh, sort of psychosis that went on is, you know, fueled by lockdowns and whatever yeah. is now a, just a thing of the past pretty much. And just looking at that, I, I was looking at this going, wow, you'd never be able to explain this ad to anyone in the future. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. P- people will go, what? Was was there like some big they'll genocide? Be like, they'll, or, yeah, they'll be like, know, oh, so was there? Was it like, um, you know. Did they kill thousands of black people in America? Did, or, yeah, like, indiscriminately or something. And you go, oh, no, well, there was this, you know, terrible singular case and you go oh yeah that video is terrible that's an appalling murder it's terrible where was there a thousand others you go no no it was just that one in america yeah and um then the world lost its mind the entire world in place places where uh, they did the cops didn't even have guns <laughs> yeah and in places like in where and in places that are it's so incredibly uh you know, intermingled, intermarried, intermixed. Yeah. You know, and just have got these wonderful, diverse cultures, mm. and they're they're like walking around with these signs, and, and you just go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I know. This is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. But I, I think opponents of that would say, "Oh no, you, that's not true," because you know, black people are getting killed on the streets all the time. But if you actually look at the statistics, and I don't know the exact number, but I did, um, I did recently hear about someone who did a survey. And in the US, they found that they basically asked average everyday people, like, how many black people get killed by cops every year? And it ranged from like 500 to 10,000 is what yes. people thought a year. And it's actually, it's like, I think 13 in 2019. Yeah. It's 13 black people. That's in a country of, you know, what, 350 million people. That's police have millions of interactions every year with. With the public and out of that you get 13 uh black police shootings and and a lot of those are also perpetrated by black uh policemen or hispanic policemen so sure you know i mean when you look at those sorts of t- statistics and then you look at this this ad campaign you go what what the fuck are you talking about like that's not to diminish the tragedy of of anyone being killed by a policeman i you know i don't think anyone should be killed full stop in that sort of way you know i i am, you know i think every every life lost that way is a tragedy but when you put it into context you go well you know it's not the deal they're talking about here in the, you know in in these sorts of marketing videos but what's interesting about this is, you know, do, do Chinese lives matter, you know? CLM. CLM, yeah. And Disney's recent Mulan film thanked eight government entities in China, including Xianjing, uh, home to the persecuted Uyghur people. And you get your woke celebs like Colin Kaepernick 
and LeBron James taking the knee, talking Black Lives Matter, but at the same time, Nike, you know, is manufacturing their signature shoes over in China using slave labor. How can they not? How can they not speak up about it? You know. And now I've got this great quote that uh, I've taken from Brendan O'Neill in Spiked. He recently wrote about this: "The China question exposes the hollowness." the flimsiness, the look-at-me posturing nature of so much 21st century virtue signaling. These people strike a camera-friendly pose against fashionable injustices, but they go shtum in the face of genuine injustice. Perhaps profits matter more than lives. So my, my big problem is that Disney um, hasn't just come out and said, we want to make money in China and this is the price of doing business. Like I'd respect yeah. them more if they did that, if they went, listen, we want to make money and, and this is just what we have to do. And, but also, I don't think they should be able to do social justice messages and work with oppressive regimes. You know, they have to choose. It's one or the other, you know. So I think on the Black Lives Matter issue, they should just be silent. You know, if anyone asks the heads at Disney what their views are on defund the police or George Floyd, they can just say, we're a film company that specializes in kids' films and cartoons. We don't comment on politics, you know. Well, what they would say is... They would say, and this is what other companies have said, they'd say, oh, we've done the research and research shows that people want us to, to, to uh, more and more to speak out on, on, on socio-political issues. Mm. They don't want us to be silent. They want us to engage. Engagement is king and key to, to capturing the markets we, you know, we want to engage with. And you go, so that's, that's the, the, the sort of the heart of this white capitalist movement is they're saying, because you know, there's, there has to be, some people at this company who desperately who want that world that we're talking about the world where they could just you know be warner brothers and just make a movie and yeah. put it out and then mm. not have to come out every day and say trans lives matter while you're trying to make unforgiven yeah but what what's happening though is that that's filtering through into their work though you know and we've seen it <laughs> yes, with you know we, we see it, it with star wars we you know oh, God. Disney's taken over star wars now like Dreadful. they've completely trashed that that franchise and they're, they're doing it with everything injecting all this wokeness into it and I, and it's that that is going to hurt their bottom line way more than staying silent about these sorts of social well, and political I've talked issues. about this before this is only a side note before we continue on with the company itself but if you all the stuff that people talk about with Disney like if take um you know your typical uh sort of kooky girl in her 20s who with blue hair who loves disney movies okay i don't know if you know this type they're out there um if if you want to know the disney movies they love little mermaid lion king uh, aladdin mm. okay all that stuff yeah. all right they're not talking about the new shit okay even though even if they've got the 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 trans lives matter sticker because the quality uh, of this stuff diminished, you know, over time. Basically, when they were focused on being a film company, uh, their work in this realm was very good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and now their work is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as you say, that's just to say that it has filtered down into the work. Like it's unwatchable, their stuff yeah, now. It is, it's unwatchable. Yeah. Absolutely unwatchable. I wouldn't I wouldn't force my kid to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm you know, I mean my kid's not old enough to watch Star Wars yet, but I'm I'm 
I'm not going to be pushing any of the new shit on him, even the prequels. I mean, they suck. But I would I would actually prefer the prequels over what, what Disney's done to, Absolutely. you know, to uh, to Star Wars. But I watch so many old Disney films with my son and, and he loves them. You know, the, the, the Robin Hood from 1960-whatever, you know, 101 Dalmatians, uh, even as far back as Bambi and Snow White. Like, it's just really... Uh, good storytelling and 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 good good art and if they want to keep keep progressing and keep making films and projects and stuff they're going to have to drop this work stuff well they're going to have to drop it and they're going to have to have an a, a decision internally about i mean how much money would they lose if they just turned around and said you know we make films and and tv and we need subscribers and and we're not interested in politics like how much would they honestly lose? Like you might, what, like, are there that many people out there who would be that disappointed about that? I again, I think it's whatever their research is that they're doing is. I think we went down to Brooklyn and we asked. Well, that's 50 the thing. It's very Brooklyn. skewed. It's very will, skewed. No, no, you say that, but we also went to Portland and we checked out what they want to, <laughs> and we went to Seattle and we asked them, and um, also San Francisco. Yeah. So we we asked. Um, a lot of lot of people, lot of people about what they want, and what they want is they desperately want um, the Walt Disney Company to um, constantly remind people about um, social issues and politics. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so stupid. But this is where it gets exciting. Is this is China because you know we've had the domestic struggles over the last couple of years in America, and now that we've got um, a genuine autocracy mm-hmm. uh a terrible dictatorship you know run you know with with an with essentially an, an oppressed people do you know what i mean yeah uh carrying out human rights violations appalling human rights violations in an on an embarrassing scale mm. uh and again becoming increasingly um belligerent as well you know what i mean yeah and now these companies are going to look really fucking stupid because mm. They're, they're all they've all been shaking their ass for the CCP for so many years now the NBA and Disney and all of that yeah but now that the terrible stuff's starting to happen it's it's going to become very awkward I think like now what are they going to do that that um you know that there's been some there's that player on the NBA uh who Megan Kelly interviewed this week who Ennis mm. Cantor freedom Ennis Cantor freedom has has come out and you know he's a lone voice at the moment but I think people are going to join. And um, well, he's you know. he's a fascinating guy, and 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 he gives me a lot of hope for things changing, because uh, he's uh, he's a Turkish guy. Uh, he now is a USA citizen. He plays for the Boston Celtics. He's a center, and he's been really outspoken about about Turkish human rights. And then he sort of uh, someone asked him once, "Well, why aren't you talking about China?" And then he's he's done a bit of research into that, and he's starting to call people out, even even. King James himself, LeBron James, he's he's saying, "Hey man, why aren't you talking about China?" You know, um, so he's really exciting, and um, and he's he's pushing hard because he, I think, on his sneakers he put uh, "Free Tibet" and he played a game, and before he even got on court, a spokesperson from the NBA said, "You need to take those shoes off," and he said, "There's no way I'm taking these shoes off. Like you, you know, I'm I'm wearing these shoes whether I play a minute or not." And um, he ended up wearing those shoes. And I think that game, 
got banned from from viewership Celtics in games. the Celtics. Well, was it Celtics games like for the whole season or was it just yeah, that not particular sure, game? But there was, all we know is that there was some banning that went on. That's you know? right, yeah. And he's, he's, he's talked to the, the head of the NBA and said, listen, am I breaking any rules here? And the head of the NBA says no. So he's going to continue doing this sort of stuff. And it's, it's, I think it's just going to... Uh, it's just going to explode. People are going to take notice of this sort of stuff, you know, particularly because there are so many American companies that are wrapped up with China. Uh, but if you've, if you've sold yourself as being, you know, politically uh, engaged or, or to use, you know, or woke or whatever you want to call it, if you've, if you've sold yourself as that and you've now pivoted your business like Gillette or something, then what are you going to do? you know when you've got to sort of stick by your guns and go oh no now there's an appetite for for you know to come out against one of our uh you know our main um sort of audiences like what is the nba going to do what are they going to do mm. they are in a lot of strife because now that the tennis associations come out and said you know we're not going to play any games in China and, you know, now that Australia has followed the US, the first country to follow the US and and, and not send a diplomatic delegation to the Beijing Olympics, mm. you know, there's going to be a, the dominoes will fall after yeah. this. Yeah. So what sure. are they going to do? What's, is the MA just going to go, oh, yeah, well, you know, we don't. Uh... I, I think they're just going to lose money. They're just going to have to take a hit and say, w- whatever happens, like we're going to make a stand and China's either going to keep, keep broadcasting us and, and we're going to make money from China or they're, they're just going to ban us completely. But they've just got to take the hit. And players have got to stand up and say, I don't mind taking a hit. You know, someone like LeBron James that gets paid million, hundreds of millions of dollars a year to play, he needs to say, listen, I'm prepared to take a hit financially if that's what it means to stand up against China. But LeBron James, he just sounds like... Obviously, I don't know him personally, but he sounds like a real piece of work because he's come out and and called uh, Ennis Cantor freedom. He basically said, "You're an opportunist. You're doing it just for selfish reasons." Coming out talking about China, you know. Um. Yeah. Well, I look. God, what do you say? You know, LeBron comes across, you know, on his online profiles as as a bit of a dummy. Mm. I hate to say that. You know, I don't like to use that kind of language, but. He really does come across as um, as a bit of a low altitude flyer, and uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. It's, he's he he sort of is just yeah, incredibly arrogant, and and I can understand why he's uh, he just doesn't like being criticised. That's all. Mm. So I hope more and more companies, you know, stand their ground uh, and 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 fight the good fight against um yeah what is uh you know, a genuine, uh, a serious threat to uh, democracies across the world. Just ask Africa. Just ask some of the, the struggling uh, uh, countries that now owe uh, incredible amounts of money to China, mm. uh, purposefully uh, done, of course. There's a, this is just going to get out of control, you know. So I think uh, everyone, like this is Soviet Union stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and people need to, um, you know, sort of uh, stand at post. Mm. I think. Well, needless to say, I think this podcast uh, was already banned before we talked about these topics, but we're definitely <laughs> banned in China now. We are. We are. Uh, oh, well. Uh, look, that's a, a bit of a dark subject, but do, 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 you want, do you want some news, maybe? Yes, let's do it. Right. Sheila, hit us with the news. 
Hi guys. Okay. Um, look, I love this story so much. It's got so many different elements to it. Delta passenger on a flight from Syracuse to Atlanta was breastfeeding her hairless cat and refused to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds painful. Um, this, like quotes in this, the, I even read the whole article and it was delightful. I'm so glad I did. Um, <laughs> that she had she had it swaddled like a baby. <laughs> no, but, um, no, but some, and, ba- some babies are so ugly that wouldn't you kind of think for a second that it might be a baby? Yeah, well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure people did. Um, well, it is hairless, she, right? Yeah. yeah. Bigglesworth. 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 Her, her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch on and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier and the cat was screaming for its life. Okay. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, okay. So um, did, did it did it ever latch on if we confirmed that or not? No, no. Um, but Delta fully supports a woman's right to breastfeed on board Delta and Delta Connection aircraft in Delta facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unlikely that the airline's prolactation stance extends to human passengers nursing animals. Yes. Okay. Well, no, I got a question. So, uh, as far as far as I know, um, I'm not sure what what the the laws are, but. I thought the rule was, generally speaking, that, you know, well, the man code is when when there's a baby on a titty, it's suddenly not a titty. But if you just get a titty out and you have a cat around, I think that's just a sex act. <laughs> like, isn't that I... just, no, but if you, like, if you just pop a titty out and, and I go, oh, I'm also holding a cat, whatever you're trying to do with it, doesn't matter. Well, it's probably bestiality, but, uh, but like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like if the, if there's just a cat around and you've lobbed a titty out, then that's just that's public nudity or or a sex crime or something. Whereas, uh, am I getting it wrong or? Um, and I'm very generous to cats. I I get. I would think we should give them a lot more play. But you know, I just feel like you know. I thought the rule was because you can't breastfeed a cat. <laughs> Can and and if this if this becomes allowed an acceptable thing it's not going to become allowed but if it does does it then extend to to adult humans as well so you know your husband your husband yeah your husband's a bit a bit thirsty you know they're a bit slow with the the meal cart the drinks cart you know flop bitty. it out uh, bitty i'm i'm thirsty let's go no no I don't know, but it's a wonderful, it has to go into my top three. Very good. Very good. <laughs> it, it's a wonderful headline and a wonderful article. Thank you, Daily Mail. Thank you. <laughs> They've outdone themselves. Thank you for taking time out from vilifying women for their granny panties. Um, okay, so... Now, look, I, this has been in the in the news a lot and this is so wonderful. It's a feel-good story. The four-day lock-in finally comes to an end. Punters claim their biggest concern was beer running dry and landlady says she'd like to listen to Blur after Snow left them stuck in Yorkshire pub with Oasis Tribute Act since Friday. Fucking hell. (laughs) So it really these, drops you in it that headline. I know. I look and once again, thanks, uh, Daily Mail. Not not one comma to be seen. That, that um, headline is the article. It is. 
bloody huh? guys even comment on that anymore. Honestly, this is no. But I think that one. I think that one is the longest one we've ever had. Surely, it's pretty long. It's pretty long. And I, because the thing is, I get confused because I don't know where to take my breath. You know. Well, no, but also it's so teasing because well, they they're quite clever because you're holding your breath the whole time because you want. <laughs> As a listener, because you want <laughs> to know where the fuck this is, and they tell you at the very end, yeah. <laughs> and you go, "Oh, okay." So this is fantastic. So um, the snowstorm Ar- Arwen um, was raging in in England, and sixty one staff, guests, and musicians they got cut off. Um, by three feet of snow at Britain's highest pub, the Tan Hill. Uh, and basically they were snowed in for three days. Um, luckily the landlady had ordered heaps and heaps of food because they were having a Queen tribute act uh, the next night, which obviously couldn't make it. So, um, like, people were uh, – she had to make a rule – that no one was allowed to start drinking until three in the afternoon each day. Um, and this just sounds like the best, yeah, well, I mean, the, the best music festival anyone's ever been to. And and the Oasis tribute band was called No Oasis. <laughs> now, I'm not a very big drinker, but I think that would actually be quite fun to be caught up in that because you're like, you know, we've got enough food and drink, you, we've got a band, there's nothing I can do, I can't get out, so I may as well have a good time. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, they, these people said it was just absolute um, fun and shits and giggles. They had a great time. And um, did they make the band play continuously for three days? I think the band played a lot, and that's why the landlady said she'd like to listen to a bit of Blur. Um, oh, because, wait, was that because she's had enough of Oasis? She's had enough of No Oasis. Yes, No Oasis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, the back in anger. I've heard that. Can, can you just play? You know, some Blur. What about some you, Pulp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's from that specific time, right? Yeah. What about some Elastica? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so anyway, I just love that. I, I think these people had the time of their lives and um, what a what a way to get stuck somewhere. When I was stuck in an English snowstorm, I was stuck at the, uh, oh, no, in France. I was stuck in the Garden Nord uh, in freezing conditions So uh, overnight. So, you know, these guys had a great time. No, uh, no oasis for you. And I think you probably were there sort of when they were big. So, you know. I was actually. Oh, that was another time when I was in the Eurostar and it caught fire. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, next, next off cab off the rank, we have he's toxic. Texas substitute teacher is relieved of duty after turning up to high school with karaoke machine and lights before belting out Britney Spears's hit from his desk. Which hit? Toxic. Video shows him belting out Brick's. There's video of him. Uh, belting out Britney Spears's song "Toxic" right, to, a, I I... to an accompanying light show. <laughs> now, John, you thought it was like toxic masculinity, right? I did. Yeah. Isn't that what they wanted me to think? I no. Don't know. no, he was he was doing a full tribute act from his desk. But wait, what what happened to him? Did he? 
uh, he got sacked as a, as a substitute Why? teacher. I don't know. I think, <laughs> God, compared to some of the substitute teachers I've had in the past, he sounds pretty good. But was he was he dressed like Brittany or anything? No. Oh, he'd probably get a promotion now. Oh, oh come on, John. Oh, <laughs> look at you two. Definitely would. He definitely would. No, you guys have got a Bettina hangover is what oh. you've got, okay? You've got a Bettina hangover. Don't pull that Bettina, shit here during Bettina, the news. Bettina has got me all charged up. But uh, I, I, um, no, all jokes aside, uh, Brittany is, um, look, that's tough. I don't know. I don't know what the infraction there was. Like, well, then again, if they've got work to do, they're meant to be doing work, and you're just like not doing the job. Well, then I don't know what to say. Like, but if he was making it educational, I, I don't know about what. He's he, a substitute teacher. Who cares? No one's. I mean, no, but you've got to put no on at least a doing, bit of a show, don't oh, you? Yeah. Don't you sort of half have to put on a show? How's the little stooges who took video of him? And you know, I mean, they could have just gone. This is really fun, but instead, now they're probably stuck with someone really boring. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Britney Spears is on TikTok, and I'm I'm a little worried about Britney. Um, she doesn't look well. Well, you know, she's been in a pretty stern conservatorship uh, where she had to, you know, ask for I think tampons and pads. So, uh, you know, I think she's probably just getting a her groove on now you know no, she's got a bit of freedom and she's got a very uh she does these videos like i don't know she's got some tripod that she's putting it on or something and she's like she just doesn't look with it do you know what i mean like she's she dancing got, and singing oh all of it like well no 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 so um you know and it, you shouldn't just hassle people for you know not putting on makeup and stuff but um, but she just looks really rough, like big bags under the eyes. And if you're like, oh, God, Brittany, just get some sleep, you know? Oh, like- no, I think she's, you know, she has mental health struggles, but, you know, um, plenty of people have mental health struggles and they're not put under that kind of guardianship, you know, like, mm. but because there was dollars involved. I think when when they really sort of get to the bottom of things, they're going to find out some pretty awful stuff. So, yeah, she probably isn't that well yeah no look at but it's one of those things like you know and i don't i I don't know much about how what situation she's in now but um yeah just just you just it's just scary to see her like you know i mean it's better than her being locked up or whatever um but at the same time uh she's just got this 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 like you if you were around her you'd be doing a lot of awkward smiling and nodding do you know what i mean yes well i mean plenty of people do awkward smiling and nodding around us three do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, True. you know, and True. we've we've got agency of ourselves and we say mad cunt shit. So um she's got some she's got some agency. Um, all right, here we go. Would you apply? Tech firm will pay a brave volunteer £150,000 to use their face on its robots, which will work in hotels, shopping malls, and airports by 2023. <laughs> Wait, is this so? Is this like? Is this the beginning that what Willy Wonka did when he chose the Oompa Loompa? Yeah, well, that that he uh, you know sort yeah. of copied. You and Ricky, imagine that. Welcome to the uh, you know the I'd Madison Hotel. No, and, but imagine you know. that, Ricky. You go okay, uh, and they, they and they and they go okay. Now we're also going to have it on all these other robots, and then you you find out they've put it on all these sex robots. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that, that it's your face staring into a man's eyes as you give him hand relief. Yeah. Hand oh. relief. <laughs> I want that. Or even if you're more one now. of those mouth robots, you know. And awful. then and then yeah, and you go, I'm famous, but with with only sleeve bags. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be walking down the road. People recognize me. Oh. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know if I'd do it. Would you do it? For, for how much? How much is it? 150,000 pounds. So what's that? Like $200,000? Yep, I'd do it. Okay. On What are the robots? They're just service robots, are they? Oh, you always do this to me. You want me to read more of this <laughs> It's a good thing. story. <laughs> I know, but the rule is, the rule I'm just gonna is leave that it. I don't, I don't right. read them. <laughs> no, well, I'll, I will think about it. So, um, oh, no, okay, no, it is a lot of money and you might as well, I guess. But, no, but um, also you've got to think about when, when they're going to be widely used, probably not for 20 years, right? Um, well, Ricky, 2023, um, and it is when they're going to start our hotels, shopping malls, and airports. <laughs> <laughs> but surely the what the the rollout will take a while. Would be, I mean, what a legacy! Mm. What a legacy! This is, but the company is Promobot. Do Do I get to keep my name? Do they all get to be called Ricky? Oh, uh, I don't know. That'd be good. Like um like a Johnny Cab in yeah. Total Johnny Recall. Cab. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. there you go. Think about that one. Okay. Yeah, I might have to apply. Okay. All right. Now this one is for me because there is a photo of these guys and I love them so much. I am their biggest fan. They are so cool, these dudes. And it is something that I can imagine my friend and I doing. Um, okay, here's the headline. Keep korma and carry on eating. Two Indian wedding guests can't bring themselves to walk away from the free buffet as fire rages behind them. Now, <laughs> these two guys are so cool. I love them so much. They are just eating because the food is so good. There's this massive blaze behind them and everyone's sort of, uh, you know, getting up and leaving and stuff and they are just sitting there eating their beautiful food. Best review ever. Best review of your food ever. Like, yeah. you, you know, people say, how good's your food? And you say, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Uh, I know two blokes who who uh, ate my food a- until probably one of them died of smoke inhalation. <laughs> Really, honestly, the f- the fire was getting dangerously close to these guys, and they are just casually eating their beautiful buffet. So I I love those guys. That's great. We should all take that's inspirational story. Mm. They're food my to die spirit for. animals. Food, you said food to die. For. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Very good. Okay, now this is one. I, I mean, this is uh, this is just for me as a feminist. No, the last is- one was for you. Well, was it? Yes, you said it's for you. That was for you. Now this one's this is very selfish. This is news. another one for me. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very, <laughs> so I've got a couple for you guys. Shush. Imagine, okay. imagine uh, on the news they say, this one's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jennifer Kite and this one's for me. And this one's for um, me. Yes, okay. So here we go. Irish lesbian woman, 27, reveals doctors have refused her a hysterectomy to solve her debilitating period pain in case 
She later stopped being gay and met a man who wanted children. That is fucking outrageous, <laughs> you bastard doctors. <laughs> they didn't Fuck say that. you. Fuck no you, way. doctors. Is this an island? Yes. But they're woke. Mm. No, they're weird. not. They're Catholic. Yeah. They're you can't get abortions in, in Ireland. But I, I thought Ireland was a little bit woke. No, they're not. No. Oh, really. Sorry, Ireland. I, I went to Ireland once. I never saw so many white people in my life. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> everyone was white and everyone was young and had at least three or four children. Wow. I'm like, that, that woman there, she's, got, she's like 22 and she's got four kids. Wow. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Well, okay, so this Paul, the, this woman. Um... Yeah, who has a wife named Karen. Um, now, this is outrageous. So, anyway, I'm appalled by this story. I'm appalled by those doctors. Yeah, Go fuck yourself, awful. dudes. Well, this, yeah, it, that's really strange. I, 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 that sounds, yeah, it sounds really I, weird. I would perhaps forgive it if the person was like 14 or 15, but mm. 20, 27? 27-year-old yeah. lesbian with a wife. Imagine. I mean, come on. Well, I don't know. It's really tricky now because the, the left has destroyed um, sort of gay rights. They've destroyed gay rights. So this is a strange story now, you know, like like the, this should be front page news really with, with the sort of appalling uh, discrimination that's going on. But because, you know, um, the loonies are running the asylum, basically, you know, we're being told that, you know, you can just opt in and out of anything. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so that so it maybe these doctors are emboldened by the hard left now, and they're just saying, mm. "Oh well, you know, you know, just just look, why, you can just stop being gay." And she's like, "Well, I can't. You know? I like it. <laughs> That's all I like." That's Do you all think I like. if she if she said she was trans that that it would be much easier? Oh my god. Because I'm a trans. Uh, she she could say I'm a trans man. I I don't want this anymore. So. Well. I mean, that, see, that's a really interesting point um, because, I mean, I, irrespective of whether she's gay or not, just as a female, I, I'm really tired of this rhetoric from the medical community. Like if you, because I've got friends who don't want children, they've never wanted children, they wanted to have hysterectomies um, from the time they were like 20 you know, um, and they haven't been able to do that because they've been like, oh, no, what if you change mine? It's like, well, motherfucker, you know, <laughs> I if I'm an adult and I'm coming to you and I'm signing the form and saying I am of sound mind, I, I don't want this, who are you to say, oh, but you might, you know, oh, you silly young woman, you might change your mind, you might want babies. It's like, well, not every woman wants babies, dickheads. You know, like, why do you have to put that on us? Isn't it fascinating, though, that if, if you said that to a trans person, you you would be the biggest transphobe, you'd be run out of town. If you said to, a say, a, a, a trans woman, like, I, I, you know, you might you might regret that double mastectomy. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, exactly, Ricky, that, that is such this... a good point. You know, so, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say this is another example of women um, getting the the short end of the stick. You know, they, yeah. women have been um, totally fucked over by this new uh, this new ideology uh, the most. It's appalling, and they've been totally abandoned by all their heroes as well. Margaret Atwood, all of them have yeah. they just have just uh, run for the hills in order to be trendy and fashionable, and it's a it's a disgrace. Oh, look! Oh, it's a, it's taken us down a dark dark uh, path boys so here we go this is the most possibly the most outrageous headline ever Piers Morgan 
put your gloating champagne away, Princess Pinocchio. The court of public opinion now knows you're a fork-tongued, devious, manipulative piece of work who only wants to protect your privacy so you can sell it. Is this Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle. He's yeah. going after? Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> so he good. is obsessed so with her. It's like He's like a dude that was told, I don't want to fuck you. You know, like he's, <laughs> yeah. it's, and I, that's in the headline. I so mean, yeah. that is something else. Well, I have a very low opinion of Meghan Markle and and Princess Harry. Um, I, <laughs> I hate them. I think they should just I fuck them. off. I, I hate them. I, I don't like them. I don't like I them. I don't like them one bit. They can fuck off. Yeah. Okay, but what's exciting is Piers, Piers is actually coming to Australia. He's going to be working for Sky News. Oh wow! Oh, okay, is he is he moving to Australia I'm permanently? Not or? quite sure. Is but that why they shuffled off Alan? Yes, yes. Well, they they offered Alan Jones a different show that wasn't so prime time to make room for Piers, and that's Alan turned that down. But uh, yeah, I think Piers is coming down under. Delicious. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, so. There we go. So thanks, Sheila. All right, okay. thanks, Sheila. Thanks, guys. If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh Podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Coffee platform. If you're strapped for cash at this point in time, there are a number of other ways to support the New Flesh. You can give us a rating or review through Apple Podcasts. These help others to find our show and help spread the word. Or you can tell your friends about us. Don't underestimate the power of a podcast recommendation. And now, back to the show. All right, John, now we're going to wade into some uh, some local issues now, some Australian issues. Uh, yes. And you want to talk about what the fuck's happening uh, in the national parliament. Yes. I'll try and con- add in some context for uh, our our overseas listeners, just in case, you know. Well, uh, why should basically recently... Uh, there's been some talk that, well, there's been a lot of things that have happened. There's a sex discrimination report that's come out uh, and, you know, there's there's a big discussion about, you know, gender and equality and, and, you know, sexual harassment and all the rest of it. Mm. And I think it's important because this is happening uh, everywhere, certainly in, in in Western countries. I can't speak for other other countries. I know that that everyone's wrestling with these issues. There's a, a sort of national discussions going on. So I think it'll be important just to hear. So in Australia uh, this week, uh, a woman called Kate Jenkins, who is the Sex Discri- Discrimination uh, Commissioner at the Human Right Australian Human Rights Commission, uh, released a report. It's just been called the Jen- Jenkins Report. Uh, it was undertaken after sexual assault claims uh, from March 2021, uh, earlier this year. So one of the triggers was uh, a case uh, of, a, of a woman called Brittany Higgins, a liberal staffer. So when I say liberal, I mean our conservative party, right-wing party, a liberal staffer who was sexually assaulted late in the evening at Parliament House. That's out where all, all it gets done, in, all the action happens in Canberra there, uh, political action that is. So the Morrison government, our, our government, went into overdrive to either, you know, well, depending on what you think, they either wanted to change the culture or they're just trying to save their butts. They commissioned this report. So this is from our, our uh, ABC. Uh, this is an article. Parliament has a boys club culture of bullying, sexual harassment and sexual assault. Here are the proposals to fix it. On Tuesday, a report detailing the experiences of hundreds of people who work in federal parliament was released 
painting a pretty sobering picture of the kind of behaviour many employees have faced. The review done by Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins was sparked in the wake of Brittany Higgins' rape allegations earlier this year. The headline figures included that one in three people had experienced some kind of sexual harassment and over half reported some kind of bullying, harassment or real or attempted sexual assault. As a result, Ms Jenkins and her team made 28 recommendations to help improve the culture and support systems in place. Here are some of the key ones gender and diversity targets, alcohol rules, codes of conduct, respect in the chambers, and support services. So just to give you an idea of the scope of the report, it was 1,700, around 1,700 individuals across 33 organisations. There was 935 survey responses, 490 interviews, 300 written submissions, 11 focus groups, uh gender there was like significantly more women so a thousand females or women 500 uh, men nine non-binary people two other and 134 not provided um so that should give you an idea of uh of just you know who was uh, asked about this and um but what, what what's interesting is and i've read um sort of the executive summary of of this thing uh and i and i've got some stats to add to that um so it said that they only received 23 percent of all people currently working in commonwealth uh workplaces took part in this survey so that's almost a quarter so it's not representative of the, the entire workforce there um 37 of people experienced some form of bullying um, 33% experienced some form of sexual harassment, uh, 1% experienced some form of actual or attempted sexual assault, and women experienced higher sexual harassment uh, at a higher rate, 40% compared with men, 26 um, Men were more likely to, to perpetrate sexual harassment, while women were more likely to bully. So <laughs> I wondered if you were going to pick that out. I'm definitely going to talk about that. Yes. Um, so, so that and it's interesting going through this thing because there are some stats where you go, well, hang on a minute. Like, they're painting it all as this boys' club, but then you're saying most people are getting bullied by women. Um, and I'm sure you're going to open up this can of worms, but it is just interesting, actually. And and no one, uh, well, not no one, but very few people are actually going to go through and read this thing because it is filled with bureaucratic jargon and it is a bit of a mission to to read through this thing um but yeah i guess what i want to do is highlight some of these uh some of these statistics that that mainstream media probably are not not going to address so we got a couple of ways we could do it do you, do you want to uh we can we can tease out that stuff and then talk about Brittany higgins or we can go back to the big start and talk about Brittany and then circle back to the report well i, I think we should talk about Brittany first yeah okay let's do that so circle back so the first uh, incident that sort of sparked, well, one of the first things that sparked this was a case of, of, of Brittany Higgins. Now, this has been everywhere in the paper. It's one of those stories that is sort of really pervasive. It's everywhere. It's in every goddamn article. And, and, but you sort of don't read it. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, you, did you do this? I was Yes, name- like I was aware, like I, I was very aware of that name. Oh, I've heard Brittany Higgins before. And then I'm like, oh, something happened to her at Parliament House was basically as far as my knowledge went. Yeah. So that, that's similar. So basically she's a, she was a junior staffer for Defence Industry Minister 
Senator Linda Reynolds. 22nd of March, 2019, uh, Higgins was drinking with colleagues at a bar in Canberra. She returned to Parliament House, inebriated in the company of a male advisor. She, she thought uh, she was actually going to be dropped home in a taxi, uh, but instead they went, her and this advisor uh, colleague went to uh, Parliament House. They were led in by security uh, and then went to Reynolds's office. That's their boss, uh, the Senator's office. This is the middle of the night. Higgins says she woke up uh, to a rape occurring. And then uh, security found her half naked the next morning. She was awake, conscious, but, you know, nude. And they sort of checked in every now and then, uh, but didn't really disturb her. And then she um, sort of left the building at around 10 a.m. Higgins told her boss, uh, you know, soon after, uh, after. And almost immediately, there's been finger pointing about who knew what when, involving the PM, the Prime Minister and other Liberals and her boss and the rest of it. Uh, so Reynolds, her boss, uh, has also uh, been quoted calling her a lying cow in front of staff. Did you know that? No, I did not. <laughs> so, she says it was about something else related to it or whatever. But um, anyway, that was just that was an awkward thing that followed that senator. So Higgins reports uh, the thing to the incident to police, then drops the complaint soon after in fear of her job. She transfers to another MP's uh, office, Michaelia Cash. Uh, when it does, when she sort of resumes the uh, the re- the report, eventually, uh, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, writes a formal apology and then essentially greenlights the Jenkins report. So we've got a little, like a little article here from the uh, from SBS. Scott Morrison criticised for invoking his daughters in response to Brittany Higgins' rape allegations. He also apologised to Miss Higgins for what she experienced following the alleged incident in March 2019 and conceded the government had mishandled its response. Mr Morrison said the announcement followed a discussion with his wife Jenny the previous night and after he considered how he as a father would want his daughters to be treated. Quote, Jenny and I spoke last night and she said to me, you have to think about this as a father. What would you want to happen if it were our girls? He told reporters. Jenny has a way of clarifying things, always has. And so I, as I've reflected on that overnight and listened to Brittany and what she had to say, uh, Mr. Morrison said he wants to make sure any young woman working in this place is safe as possible as I would want for my own daughters. Um, so Grace Tame, Australian of the Year, sexual assault survivor. I think we, we didn't mention her last week with Bettina Hunt, but we maybe should have. Uh, Grace has uh, been very prolific this year and, and has commented about the the, the PM's statement at the National Press Club. And he, she has said, this is from The Guardian, it shouldn't take having children to have a conscience, she told the National Press Club in Canberra on Wednesday. And actually, on top of that, having children doesn't guarantee a conscience. Cover-up culture, the abuse of power, is not unique to Parliament. Parliament, she said, so it's not necessarily these individual cases. It's the issue itself that's going to keep inspiring me to do this work. Um, so... Uh, we also watched the couple of Four Corners episodes on this incident. They're available on YouTube for a Brittany Higgins uh, episode, um, and there's also a Grace Tame episode. So, Ricky, what, what what did you make of this case of Brittany? Well, I just have um, I just have some questions, you know, particularly because uh, I I watched that Four Corners episode on on Brittany Higgins. I actually watched it watched it twice, um, and. What I, what I just have some questions about is the media don't seem to do much probing into what happened at the bar before they go to parliament. So Brittany Higgins has been drinking with this guy and a couple of other people until 2 a.m. They're, they're very drunk. 
And I'm not suggesting that, that anything really, except that um, that's a pretty big part of the story, I think. And, and that's the situation that led to the taxi drive to parliament. And I think it deserves just a little bit more attention and clarity. Like, you know, did, did she ever ask why they needed to swing past parliament house, you know, and what reason did this particular staffer give to her and the taxi driver for, for stopping at parliament at, at, at two, two in the morning, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know. I just think that's, that's a, that's a part of the story that's maybe lacks a little bit of clarity there. Not, not to suggest that Brittany knew what, what they were going there for. It's so funny though. I wrote, I, you know, I, I wrote, I was, I was thinking about this because we were talking to Bettina last week and I thought, I wrote down the question and then I deleted it for last night because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a cancelable question. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. The, the cancelable question, like that, that, that you know, because first you have to put forward, you have to say, look, uh, this guy is a total creep and, um, you know, as far as we know, a total lawbreaker. Other people have come out and, and backed that up and whatever. But, you know, the question is... Is there any? Uh, is there any? I don't know. I don't want to use the word responsibility, <laughs> but is there anything uh, um, that went on at that bar that could have been handled differently? You know, from Brittany's point of view. Mm. Now, some people have actually said that in 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 more coarse ways and been fired immediately. Yes, there was yeah. a, there was a radio guy who said something to the effect of that, but in very coarse and flippant language, and he's gone. So mm. I can imagine that what I just said now, but we said we were going to keep it 100, okay? Now, this is the sort of thing that privately almost more, most people would be saying, right? Pri- yeah. Privately, it's like, you know, husbands and wives, you know, husbands and husbands, wives and wives, whatever. Privately, you and your family drunk on Christmas Day are going to say, oh, oh yeah, but, you know, if it was my daughter, I probably would say, you know, why did you get so drunk? you dumbass at the bar you know what mm. i mean yeah like so that that's which i which is not what i'm saying about britney i'm just saying that that is privately what you would say yep. but publicly you sort of we you have to say you have to not say that yeah yeah you know what i mean and um, i guess it also goes back to what what we talked to patina about last week about how essentially men have to take the risk in in a, a sexual advancement you know to get the ball rolling um and I'm not saying that that they they force themselves on anyone, but but usually it's up to the man to take the risk to lean in to take the first kiss or whatever, you know. So, and actually, there's been a lot of details left out of this of of that night, like like you know, which is unfortunate because you know we don't know well at least from the four corners thing. I mean, I did quite a bit of reading about this, and I still mm. couldn't ascertain as to whether she, um, you know, through well, I, the laws change now, but at the time, like. You know, did she say? Did she say no? Did she push him away? Did she hit him? Did she? Mm. Was there anything by 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 speech or action? Like yeah. clearly, uh, well, the fact that she woke up, like that he he was he was on the go. You know, when she was asleep, was 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 breaking the law. Yeah, for sure. You can't, you can't do that. Uh, but also, we know nothing about what happened from the time she checked in with the security guard, sort of at the at the front desk or whatever, and then. Uh, and then waking up mid-rape, you know, there's 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 no detail there. And either. did they start, and then she fell asleep, or wake up, or was she just out out from the moment they stepped in the office? She was completely out, 
yeah. and then woke up to it. You know what I mean? So, and and this is exactly what Bettina was talking about last week. Like it, it's very hard to get to the truth when it's a he said she said sort of situation. You know, and that's why a lot of uh, a lot of cases that go to court about this sort of stuff they they don't result in in a conviction because it's just you just can't tell who to believe. You know, which is unfortunate, but. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you how you get around that, you know. Mm. But but the other thing that I, I found interesting in this uh, in this Four Corners report was uh, they ask a lot about why no one alerted the authorities, particularly this uh, female security guard who sort of signed them in. Oh, trying to they're trying to hang her. They they are indeed, but we're really sorry for her. I, I I just don't understand how you can contact the police when you have no crime and when Brittany Higgins herself is unwilling to contact the police. Like what do you do? You call the police up and say, I saw a naked woman in Parliament? Like they're she, gonna say they're gonna say I got, I got got better things to do than you know deal with this this security guard handled herself very very well uh, and i thought that um she's totally trying people are trying to hang her you can tell and and she mm. has just said she like that the, they put some hard questions to her why didn't you do this why didn't you do that and she's it's not my place it's not my place i opened the door i looked in she's half naked um she was conscious um it's not my you know, position to run in there. Like it's the burden of knowledge as well. Now that obviously, you know, the story's out there, everyone's like, oh, why didn't you run in there and, you know, like like, hit the, hit the uh, DEFCON 4 button and you go, well, because that, you know, this was a, an evolving situation. Like, she, you know, um, I've opened the door and, you know, a lot of, it's not her role to get involved in the business of, of what goes on in those offices really. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she was just trying to protect uh, the girl's, well, you know, uh, modesty as well. Like, you know, mm. she's half naked. What do you do? This is a terrible situation. Yeah. And it's not as though she didn't alert. Thank God she took a note. She took notes of what She, what she did happened. take notes, yeah, in a, in a diary. But but she she let her supervisor know. She passed it on through the chain of command or whatever. Like I'm not a cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you're a security guard. You're there to make sure that the authorised people are allowed into the building and, and unauthorised people aren't, you know. And, yes, they are authorised and the rules are they can come into parliament whenever they choose, you know. Absolutely. And and it sounds like there are functions that go on, although this was a, you know, a late night thing. There are, you know, they, they do have functions. People do drink uh, and get a bit loose. In, mm. you know, this was a lot, a lot more than that. But, uh, but still, the, you know, this wasn't uh, completely... 100% out of the realm of possibility. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And if yeah. it was, they wouldn't have let him in. Clearly, a couple of drunk MPs coming back uh, or, you know, going to and fro from the from the place is not um, completely out of the question. So she she didn't she didn't file any sort of official complaint until quite quite far after the fact, is that correct? I think so, yes, yes, because it was obviously well, she started talking about it with a with colleagues um so very soon after. And then, then it was you know she she hadn't really verbalised it because obviously a bit of trauma, mm. and uh, then you know it sort of got to her boss, and then you know she ends up putting the complaint in, but then withdraws, and then more. So it's quite a you know back and forth process, you know, quite prolonged, mm. you know. And then you know she doesn't want to be, uh, didn't want it to to. Uh, deep six her employment so she 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 pulled back the the complaint well that that seems to be a bit of a theme going through the report as well is that there's uh that took a lot about power imbalances and stuff like that but also 
this idea that you have to stay loyal to your MP or your party um, and that it's it's very hard to speak up about issues because it's a, quite a high-pressure work environment. But this is my first thing, okay? So this report has come... You know, Brittany Higgins is, is one of a, of, a, of a few things that have been, you know, uh, triggers for this report. You know, uh, the outs, the, the general uh, vibe given from, you know, Grace Tame's appointment as Australian of the Year, uh, she's a sexual assault survivor from when she was at high school. Uh, so she's obviously doing a lot of speaking about it. Then Brittany Higgins happens. You know, there's been some stuff in the parliament. I just have trouble with the like did, did you get the sense that there was a conflation of of bullying sexual assault and sexual harassment in the parliament and outside the parliament in this report mm, yeah totally that was my main thing is that i read this and i was like look i understand why you know this is this all these things have made this report happen but i'm not sure we're going to get the results they want you know, by conflating it all together. So mm. it says here, it was conducted by the Australian Human Rights Commission led by the Sex Discrimination Commissioner. This review was asked to make recommendations to ensure that the Commonwealth parliamentary workplaces are safe and respectful and the nation's parliament reflects best practice in prevention and response to bullying, sexual harassment and sexual assault. So those three things are all very different. So bullying, it's they say, this is their definitions, repeated and unreasonable behaviour that is directed towards a worker or group of workers uh, and creates a risk of physical or mental health and safety. Ooh. So next up, sexual assault, an act of sexual nature carried out against a person's will through the use of physical force, intimidation or coercion, including any attempts to do, attempts to do this. This includes rape, attempted rape, aggravated sexual assault, uh, and and the rest of it. Okay, um, sexual harassment. This is separate. Is an unwelcome sexual advance, unwelcome request for sexual favors, or other unwelcome conduct of a sexual nature, which, in the circumstances, a reasonable person aware of those circumstances would anticipate the possibility that the person would feel offended, humiliated, <laughs> or intimidated. That is a staggering thing to say. So th this second one, sexual assault, this is clearly what, what happened to Brittany Higgins. Yep. And I think yep. that is, we have laws against that. Mm. The police should definitely be involved. That guy yep. needs to uh, go down by the sounds of it. And uh, that's all underway. So bullying is the first thing. Uh, and sexual harassment. Oh, this sexual harassment one is mind-boggling. So what did you think about this? Unwelcome request for sexual favors. Yeah, sure. Do you, would you like to have sex with me? Well, that's a bit awkward. Um, a reasonable person aware of those circumstances would anticipate the possibility that a person would feel offended. So there are a lot of people who have uh, an inability to read a room out there. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. What do we say? You can't, you can't know someone else's mind. You know, that's that's the other thing. How, how do you know what what people are going to be offended by? You know, and we know that people aren't just saying they're never just saying. Would you like to, um, you know, uh, engage my penis? Do you know what I mean? I would be very surprised if that's how it was it was said to anyone in parliament. So no one is saying that. No one in no one in the fucking world is saying that. Yeah. But then, if that's the case, you kind of know we're also talking about asking people out as well. 
Yeah. Like we're not just talking about like obviously the sexual harassment that is beyond the pale and that I do think is going on is are those those piggish comments by those old old balls yeah. MPs, mm. which is bullshit. And they do need that sounds like they are fucking dinosaurs and they do need to stop that shit immediately. Uh, but I do get the sense that this is broad, mm-hmm. that this covers everything from, uh, yeah, those ridiculous comments to, um, yeah, un- unwanted staring, uh, unwanted staring, un- un- yeah, asking people out for a date, that sort of thing. Absolutely, all of that stuff, and um, so that is a dangerously broad. But as I said, so now, but now the problem I have with rolling in bullying is. What we know about, well, what sexual assault and sexual harassment do, they are sort of like, they'll taint you for, well, taint everyone involved, for the victim and uh, and accused and whatever for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Mm. So we're rolling in bullying there. So if I, so now if I'm a boss who has a young worker um, and they've shown themselves to be, at least at the beginning, rather incompetent despite my training of them. And they've done really dumb stuff. And then I speak to them a little uh, sort of um, uh, abrasively, shall we say, on a Friday afternoon about what they should have done. And then now we're, we're saying that because of this report, that that conduct is exactly the same as uh, getting someone drunk taking them back to Parliament House and raping them while they're asleep because it's in the same report. It's all been bundled up in the same. Uh, it's, so now we're saying that's all the same behaviour. Mm. So I don't. I feel that's really unfair. And I feel like, you know, I'm not defending bullies. I don't like, I don't think, I'm, but I think that there are cases, particularly in a very sensitive society now where people think that being told they've done a bad job is bullying. Um, so now we're saying, or even if you are a bit of a bully, why should you be included? Um, we don't we keep prisoners separate, you know, <laughs> like yeah, in terms of yeah. their severity. So if you are a bit of a bully, so oh, that guy's a that, that well. Let's let's be let's be um, a bit more appropriate to the facts. That woman, that woman, eighty yes. percent <laughs> of women in Parliament House are bullies. So yeah. that woman is a bully. So why are we saying that that she should be talked about in the same sentence and with the same severity and whatever and as as a rapist. I know, yeah. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you just said, you know, the, the actual sexual assault, we, I think we have pretty clear uh, laws against that and that needs to involve the police pretty quickly after the fact. So I feel like that's taken care of. But the conflation of everything else is uh, is a problem. But also this broad definition of sexual harassment, like let me hit you with two stats here, right? So 33 percent of people experience some form of sexual harassment 55 percent of people who experienced sexual harassment did not report it because they did not think that it was serious enough so if if their broad definition of sexual harassment does include unwanted staring and asking you out for a date and that happens to a bunch of people and they take this survey and they tick the box saying oh yeah well that happened to me i suspect it's also in your lifetime as well Right, it's not just it's not just like at in the last three years or last five years at mm. home. Well, again, it's it's hard to know because we're not really privy to the 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 survey here. So that that's another issue, I think. You know, I mean, you want to have a look at how the survey is constructed, um, but then you've got a bunch of people who don't think it was serious enough to report it. So they they might be people that think that 
you know, someone asking me out a couple of times was a bit annoying, but it's not really enough to to jump up and down about, you know. Yeah. Well, there's a range of other things that they brought up here. Uh, so here's a question. This comes up a lot because I think this this will decide where you come down on a lot of this. Should the parliament be an exemplar for society, like the West Wing or something, or should it be, uh, you know, or is it enough for it simply to meet the expectations of a regular workforce? Because in many cases, it doesn't sound like they're even doing that. But let's just say to, to tackle it, is it okay to say, let's just make it like corporate Australia or corporate America? Yeah. Uh, or does it have to be a pantheon, a pantheon of, of purity? Mm. Well, I, I think it should be the same sort of standards that that any workplace should be under you know i mean why why should parliament be be any different and i just have some stats here about about who works at parliament so this is this is something that you need to take into consideration like uh there's 227 parliamentarians uh there are 2256 staff employed uh either as electorate or personal staff to support parliamentarians then you've got uh a number of contracted service providers, uh, other workers, including the media, interns and volunteers. And you've also got a, a number of uh, federal police working out of parliament as well. So it's not just the ministers and their and their personal staff. Like, it is a big place. It is a really diverse place. And there are almost workplaces within workplaces, you know. I mean, you've got people uh, working in, in uh, underneath ministers and stuff that, that you know, are essentially their own workplaces you know so it's a very uh it's a very big and complex place um so i just think it should have to adhere to the standards that say yeah like like a corporate entity would would have to you know but one of the recommendations one of the recommendations to tackle this is to create a new sort of centralized body that controls that sort of like you know can handle the hr yeah. Uh, uh, issues of, of all of these different, you know, sort of people. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's not a bad idea. Like, it sounds good. It that, sounds good. That sounds good on the surface. Yeah. And I have some concerns, which I talk about later. But I think, um, but on the, but that sounds to be that's one of those recommendations that you go, oh yeah, that sounds probably sounds like it's a wild west at the moment. And that then then well, and, it it sounds as though there aren't aren't very clear procedures if you do have a complaint complaint that you need to raise you know and that you do need that that place that you can go that that intermediary place that that can help you out well it also you know you brought this up in, in mentioned it before the power imbalances creates a very mercurial atmosphere so basically you know there's there's some quotes here from the report uh a focus on the pursuit and exercise of power as well as its misuse uh, significant power inequalities and differentials in multiple directions, exclusion from access to decision making, insecure employment, uh, and high levels of power discretion in relation to employment. So you can lose your job in an instant. Like it's sort of a, you know, a high high um, octane sort of environment. Uh, but this seems pretty. I don't know how we you get a lot of this out because to me it's a very expensive popularity contest. You know, with money and privileges uh, at, at the end of it. And uh, well, that's the stake, and I just don't understand how you plan to change that uh, ever. Like that's really not that's actually that's politics, baby. You know, yeah, like I think yeah. that we've got to take the abuse and take the, you know, those comments and take the, you know get all that sorted out. But there's some basic stuff here that I don't know. Like this was where I was starting to get a sense of 
a, a particular uh, a, a, an agenda here that I was like, mm, okay, tell me more. Like, um, and brings on to the next one. This is the big one. He's one of the main drivers of, of all of this. Gender inequality, okay? So women's underrepresentation in senior roles and the fact that men primarily control decision-making. The way in which, uh, this is dot points, the way in which roles are segregated with women and people from particular groups concentrated in lower status and lower paid positions. Per pervasive everyday sexism and male entitlement. Like, I, I don't know what male entitlement means. Mm. You know what I mean? They say that like that's, that's, that's a scientific term or something, male entitlement. Uh, limited systems and supports to encourage women into senior roles, sexist media reporting and coverage. Um, there's actually th there's actually a couple of these. So um, it expands into uh, a lack of diversity among parliamentarians and workers, a sense of entitlement some people reinforced by access to resources, power and networks, exclusion of particular groups, including women, First Nations people, LGBTQ plus people. What about Two-Spirit? Why aren't they not including Two-Spirit? Uh, people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. That's called called. Called. Right. Uh, culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. Uh, and what about, people, what about disabled? And people with disability. Mm. That's, there it is there. There you go. Uh, so that's all there too. Um, and then... Uh, they've got some recommendations to cover this stuff. So basically they're asking for to advance gender equality, diversity, inclusion. They want a 10 year strategy includes targets to achieve gender balance and specific actions, uh, specific actions to achieve gender balance and diverse representation across parliamentary roles. The, um, so basically they want quotas and they want, you know, specific actions to increase representation across the board. But uh, I'm a little confused because actually there's a couple they've gone on about this there's there's out of the recommendations there was uh what th there was three huge blocks all to do with diversity inclusion representation of women now how do we tackle this because um letting more women into the workplace by the numbers they've suggested is going to increase the bullying mm, that's what i was going to say yeah quite a bit mm. so I'm just going by their report. That's all. Like I know, because they're saying the recommendations that, that a key driver for all of this is that it's, a, and this is a quote, it's a man's world. That comes from the report. It's a man's world. Mm. That's what one of the people said and they, they've highlighted it. So, okay. So how do we do that? Uh, bring in more women. And you go, okay, great. Let's bring in more women. Oh, but we've also revealed that 35% revealed that of male bullies, uh, of bullies are male and six, and, you know, like, it says here sixty one percent of single uh, of, of bullies are female, or whatever. So that is a high number. Um, you're going to get so so. What we're going to do? We let more women in. How what? So what are we going to do to counter the bully problem? We're going to have. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? it, it's it. I think there's, there are a number of things here, but but first of all, it comes down to this base assumption that that women cannot be bullies, that women are nice all the time, uh, that, that, that women can't assault or... But isn't that sort of dehumanising? Isn't that sort of like offensive? Like, like isn't that uh, attacking women's agency? Like, I'm not saying some of those things are good. I'm just saying that they're human and that, that women are capable of everything a human's capable of. Well, I, I believe that. But, but people just have this idea in their mind that, that all of these sorts of traits are 
are masculine traits that that men are the only ones that do these sorts of things. It's retrograde, isn't it? But, and and I don't know how you how you overcome this perception that that everything bad in this world is man made and everything good is female made. You know, um, it, it's that it's that old statement people people say even today you know oh if if women ruled the world there'd be no wars you know but fuck there'd be a lot of bullying you know <laughs> <laughs> there may not be any wars but shit there's going to be a lot of bullying would be little comments little passive aggressive comments about what you're wearing too <laughs> that would come up a lot also the other thing is that in the report it found that people were singled out because of their diverse characteristics like for instance if they're gay and hey Hey John, hey John, how you doing today? Are you still gay? <laughs> yes, I'm gay. Oh, what's it like being gay? Is that how it went? Oh. Uh, well, they didn't have any examples, but they were just saying oh, that people were singled out because of their diverse characteristics. But then, at the same time, hey, one of the recommendations. Hey, hey Chung, that's a really that's a really weird accent you've got. <laughs> Been speaking English long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what they're saying is going on. You know? Well, I don't know. I I can't tell. But one of their <laughs> one of their recommendations is that everyone lists their diverse characteristics so that they can create this sort of table of Definitely. diversity. You know, this sounds um, very close to some stuff we've heard before. But then also at one point they they uh, recommend merit based recruitment with a focus on improving diversity, but. That seems like opposing forces here, like an oxymoron, maybe. Like, so, so you want to hire the best people, best person for the job, or do you want the right coloured person for the job? You know well, what I mean? this now you've hit on it though, because in this intersectional framework, you know what the you do what the Democratic Party in America does, or you do what what corporations or government funding bodies do. What they do is they don't they ignore class and they ignore you know real material things and what they're asking for is they're like well what we want is is university educated um brown people is what we want or we want we want people who are exactly the same as us politically ideologically and whatever but a little bit of different you know a little bit of surface uh melanin change or whatever like mm. just enough to, to to be some window dressing that's what they want that's what they're asking for it's it's so uh strange and weird and i think this diversity stuff in this report has damaged it <laughs> yeah i think it's made it uh less it's made it muddled it's mm. made it um it's overreach it's that you know like how does this see by saying you know, because it's it's well, actually, they've said at the beginning of the report. But forget this, because because you they can always stand back and say, oh well, actually, the report is called "Set the Standard: Report on the Independent Review into Commonwealth Parliamentary Workplaces." But there's such a media focus on sexual harassment and the gender stuff that you know, if it is about something else, if it is about diversity and inclusion of of two spirit people, and um, you know, I don't know, like new Australians or whatever. Well, then they need to make a big, bigger deal of that. Mm. I think that um, that it's sort of like they're just sort of adding it on as a bit of a bit of woke washing or something. They're like, oh yeah, let's just throw a bit. Of, let's just say the word diversity, you know. But but what confuses me is that wh where is the evidence that getting more women and more people of color in the parliament will will quash harassment and and bullying you know but also let's just say let's just broaden it out so we get more lgbtq plus people um 
So we get a bunch of gay guys in there and they're bullies too. Or we get like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. get it. Like, we get a queer person in and, and they're a bully too. Or they're, they sexually harass someone. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, I, I just feel like I understand what the, the, the sort of general idea that what they're saying is that, I guess, you know, it's perceived to be a boys club or whatever. And that, you know, when uh, corporations or organizations have, you know, a little bit more uh, representation across the board, it, you know, things, you know, generally have a balance. Well, I'm not quite sure how that manifests materially, though. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't know whether this report in 10 years is going to be super different. Do you know what I mean? Like, there yeah, might, maybe yeah. there'll be, it'll be less concentrated. But it'll be, I think it'll be the same, but less. less. Yeah. I, I think what, what would work better is getting more diversity of class in the parliament. Definitely. You know? Definitely. I mean, where, where are the politicians that come from a, a trades background, you know, or from a nursing background um, or from a teaching background? I mean, they all seem to be, uh, you know, economists and lawyers is, is you know, highly educated lawyers that, that, are, that are becoming politicians. Well, that's you know? where you get this. I don't I, This was sort of brought me on to Christian Porter, who's another one of our MPs. He was the Attorney, attorney General. He's, he's sort of involved in this. He's got a, a, a historic uh, sort of rape case from the 80s that he's fighting through, I think. And um, he comes from, you know, money and privilege and, and private school. It sounds like he's got a bit of a toxic sort of attitude from what i've what i gather you know what i mean and maybe some of maybe some of the problem we've got is that 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 class privilege you know what i mean like for, like forget the gender for a second maybe maybe private schools and you know um uh university of melbourne and um you know sydney are there maybe they're, they're the problem as well maybe yeah we need to to have more representation uh from from different different classes and different um, levels of education, you know, because I don't, unlike a lot of uh, snobs out there, I don't think that um, the average person needs to needs to have a degree to have something to say about the way we we could be doing things better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, I I don't know if you uh, saw the bit about alcohol that they talked about. I did in the report here. They they tried to fob it off and say, oh yes, we've seen that. That's not one of the biggest drivers because most they've obviously had a lot of people saying, oh yeah, just cut down the booze. Yeah, right. You know, and they've gone, well, no, it's not a big driver. It's not a big driver. They want provision, um, provision and encouragement of opportunities for networking and engagement that do not involve alcohol. And they're talking about on-site and off-site. I mean. These are adult people, you know, if they want to have a drink outside of parliament, they can do what the fuck they want, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, who who are they to be policing uh, alcohol in, you know, outside of parliament? Like inside of parliament during working hours, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are policies, workplace policies that, that, that deal with drinking alcohol, but... If you're if you're hanging around Parliament after the day's done and you have a few drinks, I mean, you know, are you going to police that as well? And also, if they're going to bring up alcohol as a problem within Parliament, well, then are you not going to address the fact that Brittany Higgins got completely smashed with that guy? Oh, like, maybe that's why they're not pumping up the alcohol. I'm not being conspiratorial, but I feel like they definitely would have had in their sort of think tank discussion. Uh, discussion about we need to downplay the alcohol, although it is a problem. We need to downplay it because 
um, it's it's involved in in one of the lead cases that we're we're using to justify this report. Yeah. And if people get the idea that you know we're saying that the alcohol is the problem, then it's going to say a lot more about Brittany Higgins than we want it to in this in this particular instance, or at least about the perception of mm. of that, not about her or what actually happened. We'll never know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But yeah, saying the perception of of your average person will be that alcohol was a was a was a you know made her um affected her judgment <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which again... and and you, you you can't say that alcohol is a problem only for the blokes as well you know i mean that that's another thing that, that they might trot out you know that's right yeah because if it's a problem for the guys it, it's a problem for the girls as well but that's a problem maybe that this is so schizophrenic this this report because it has it's got no unifying idea of of you know men and women like it's sort of it's not very humanist because it's loaded with 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 highlighted comments from people saying it's the man's world people look me up and down it's a boys club you know it's male entitlement all this stuff but then and they're sort of you know it's very schizophrenic sometimes they're saying you know um we're all in this together and other times they're saying it's Mad Men. It's Don Draper. It's you know what I mean. Like so, yeah. we, 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 it's really hard to get a fix on it. You just go look, but you know, which is to say that that there sounds like Parliament House does have a lot to answer for. There is some mad shit going on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but but I think this this report, yeah, like you say, it is very schizophrenic, and some of the some of the ideas they've come up with to try and tackle this sort of stuff doesn't make any 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 sense. And even looking at their own statistics that they cite in the report, it doesn't make any sense, you know, so. Well, I just don't think that it's big enough. Well, that's the thing too, you know, I mean, they haven't surveyed enough people. We don't know what, what the parameters of the survey are. Like You wouldn't want to rubber stamp all this stuff. Would no, you? not at all. And 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 the, the, the anecdotal quotes they put in there as well are really misleading too. Like, you know, oh, it's a man's world and people look you up and down. I mean, that could be the same fucking person, you know, out of the, <laughs> true. you know, out of the, Three thousand odd people that work in Parliament House—that could be a handful of people, you know. Like, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So, how do we stop? Because obviously, they're talking about bringing in that that, that body to control HR and complaints and whatever. How do you create that and have it not become like ICAC or or the Spanish Inquisition? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like where the the taint of accusation. Like mm. the very, you know, if you all you have to do is just get in first, like at the universities, right? Yeah. Like Bettina was saying that um, uh, there was a case where you know, a guy and a girl slept together, or whatever, and then it was a race in the morning to see who who could get, who could get to report the 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 sexual assault fast faster. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm. Well, I I think what it's going to result in is it's going to result in segregation, really. Like male uh, male lead, leaders in in parliament, MPs. They're they're not going to want to be alone ever with 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 female colleagues. <laughs> uh, no, and and it's going to push push women away from I don't know important assignments, important meetings, that sort of stuff, because the men just don't feel that they can that ever have a conversation with anyone that's that's one on one if that other person is female. Mm. Um, so I think it, I think that's definitely going to happen, but. I think another interesting to think about is that it, it's only a very recent thing that men and women work together as well. You know, I mean, in the hundreds of thousands of years that human beings have been on this planet, like it's only been 
not even a hundred years probably that men and women have worked closely together. I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about this and he gets roasted every time. He, he does get roasted every time. And I thought about Jordan Peterson when I was reading this. It's like we haven't quite worked out the rules around interacting with the opposite sex in the workplace. You it's know? like, and- okay, okay, well, why do women wear makeup? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he, he talks a lot about that. Like, you know, if it's not, if there is no, um, no level at all of sort of sexual interplay, then, yeah, what, why do women wear high heels? Why do they wear lipstick? Why do they wear makeup? Well, like, Vice was not happy with his answers. No, Vice was roasted him completely. But there, there is something to say, like, like we haven't fully worked out the rules on how we're supposed to conduct ourselves when... Uh, like when I first meet you, like, <laughs> do I shake your hand? Do I get my dick out second and then wiggle it around? Or do I wiggle it in my pants and then get it out? I don't know. I don't even know what to do, you know? <laughs> or maybe keep the dick in the pants. <laughs> maybe on the, maybe on the first meeting, keep it in the pants. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. <laughs> but you all, you hear quite often of couples that have met through work. You know, I mean, that's happened that's for the longest meet. time. Yeah. We, we work such long hours now and... You know, it's it. I'm a big defender of of meeting at work. You know, because you know, Katie and I met essentially at work. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, if you're work focused, like a lot of people are expected to be, then how are you meant to meet people? Like, yeah. how are you meant to vet them? You know, mm-hmm. like it's very. It's. I think it's really in, inhuman and unfair. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to make a decision. Like once you've been outed. Or once, you know, one of you might have to leave <laughs> or yeah. be transferred or whatever. Like, like, I don't know, like depending on how big the role is. But it's really unfair. No one, no, well, it's just not going to happen. No one is going to agree to that. No one's going to agree. And, 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 and we're only human, you know. I mean, if, if you're working such long hours, long hours in close contact with other people, like you, you may develop feelings for 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 work colleagues and stuff either romantic or purely sexual like i mean <laughs> purely <we're>, sexual <laughs> tell your wife that tell your wife say so i'm working with this girl uh, you know this is she's you know just to be around her i don't have any emotional attachment i've just got a purely sexual interest in her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> imagine that uh, it would explode shh <laughs> um, <laughs> she won't get this far. She won't get this far into the episode. No, she won't get this far in the episode. She'll be like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" I know. Just always say the worst stuff at the end. No one listens to me. Yeah, yeah, end, true, so. true. Get away with whatever we want in the last twenty minutes. No yeah, one's yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's <laughs> but it does go. It does go against you know what it is. You know, I mean, we're only human, for God's sake. You know, I mean, it's hard to switch this this shit off. You know, it is. But I, I, you know, I just think this whole thing is, is a fucking mess. This report and it's it's really tough to read, and I, I don't know how they implement any of this sort of stuff, like and 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 how they make it work. Like you know, they want they want it to happen soon, by the way. And they do, they do. I mean, the HR thing, you know, on the surface that looks like a good idea, and and you know, I I, I don't know how this diversity thing is gonna deal with bullying and. They're sixty percent uh, women bully problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't understand how they how they deal with that sort of stuff too. You know, and and it is a high it is a high pressure work environment as well. Like there's there's a lot at stake and there's a lot of big egos and you know the the sort of people that get attracted to these sorts of jobs are ambitious. You know, they Sociopaths. are. Yeah, they are. So you know, they some some 
can very well be sociopaths. Like it, it, it attracts a certain type of person, you know. Um, yeah, they like that. They, they, you know, you don't tell me. You sort of didn't know what the job, this job was going to be like. They, yeah. they, they love it. Obviously, you love, you know, parts of it. And and there is an antagonistic uh, feel to it as well because you've got you've got the government and you've got the opposition. You know, I mean, you've got that, and and that's that's why Parliament works is you've got the government of the day that's constantly being. Uh, held to account by the opposition, so you do have to be on your toes, and it is a fight, and it is a battle, and that uh, that obviously flows out into the culture in in various ways, especially if there's, there's lots of pressure and time and and long hours involved. So, yeah, I, I just don't know how you turn it into this kumbaya sort of happy, well, always happy environment. You know, it's it just seems really unrealistic to me. Um, yeah, no, it's it's unlikely. Um... Yeah, I just will finish up by talking just something people can take away from them. Like this, this what we're talking. The reason this report is so bonkers is be, uh, because of something called con- concept creep. So uh, this is from Nick Haslam in, at University of Melbourne. Basically, he wrote this paper explaining that the, the, a lot of these terms we use, sexual harassment, bullying, and whatever, have expanded in nature over time uh, to include almost everything. So they're becoming you know, quite broad. So basically he says that in recent years, many of psychology's concepts have quietly undergone semantic shifts. I argue these shifts reveal a consistent trend. Many concepts that refer to negative aspects of human experience and behavior have expanded their meanings. Now he says, uh, I argue this pattern of concept creep reflects a dominant moral agenda with social developmental and clinical psychology involving an escalating sensitivity to harm. So, you know, this may, when we were kids, bullying was like targeted, um, you know, abuse repeated, and now it doesn't even have to be repeated. It can be once. You can just say it's once. It's mental. It's you can have now. You don't even have to be the bullied person. You can be someone who was who heard about the bullying, and yeah. you can say you were bullied. Bullied adjacent. Yeah, I'm bullied adjacent. So, uh, but anyway, that's just something people can take away from them. Uh, concept creep. So put that in your back pocket. Excellent. Well, if you've made it this far into the podcast, we thank you. And um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a hairy topic. It's an involved topic, but one that uh, fascinates me really. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it's dangerous stuff to talk about, and uh, maybe that's why it's so uh, exciting. Well, that was our Friday episode. We're back next week with some side boob cinema. Uh, I believe we're watching a couple of Carry On films. Carry so On Christmas. It's going to be that's going to be fun, um, and it will be our. Uh, sort of our wrapping up week next week too i believe we've got a number of episodes that are going to come out come out over the christmas period but um don't worry we'll be with you over the christmas period we will we, we have some stuff up our sleeves some special things to uh to share with you guys over the christmas period but um we are sort of having our last side boob for uh for 2021 next week and uh who knows what we'll talk about on friday's show but um sure it'll be interesting always and uh well ricky we said what we said did we ever (laughs) long live the new flesh long live the new flesh China, 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 China,
China. I know China very well. China, 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 China to me, China. China, 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 China. You want to buy from China? That's great. Buy from China. Buy toys from China. China in particular. China, China. I have people that I know in China. China, China. China, China.